Hello, it's great to have your company. The Great Value of Bible Reading is our study today on Search for Truth. And Brian, our Bible teacher, brings us study number four in this series of talks on basic Bible truths. Brian looks at the why and how of Bible reading, as well as giving guidance on how to get the most benefit from our readings. So, I hope that's whetted all our appetites. So, I'll ask Brian now to please continue. Thanks, John. The Apostle Paul urged his protégé, Timothy, to pay attention to Bible reading. And if that was referring to public Bible reading, then how much more in private also? The kings of Israel were commanded by God to read God's word daily. The Lord himself, in his humanity, by his frequent quotation of the Old Testament, displayed clear evidence of memorization that surely came from a personal scripture reading habit, all of which means we should follow their example. Life's best advice is found in the Bible. For example, in Psalm 1, How blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seat of scoffers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and its leaf does not wither, and in whatever he does he prospers. Using the imagery of a riverside tree, Psalm 1 assures us that love for the word of God will result in us being firmly planted, yielding fruit, without withering, but always prospering. In other words, it's saying that a passion for Bible reading will tend to promote in our lives a sense of stability, that is, being settled in our convictions and spiritual lifestyle, as well as being productive in our service, experiencing vitality and prosperity, those latter qualities, of course, being primarily in the spiritual sense. We develop a passion for God through reading his word, when God opens the scriptures to us and opens our eyes, mind and heart to them. We read to enjoy him. Delighting in God's law or the Bible is closely connected with delighting in the Lord himself. Just as we look through, not at, a microscope, we read the Bible to get to know God better. It's reassuring when we confirm for ourselves that the Bible we have is true to the original form in which it was first communicated. It's well established and widely reported, so easy to check out, that from among all ancient literature, nothing comes even remotely close to the Bible in passing the standard literary tests for a book being true to its original form. What's more, by making painstaking comparisons between thousands of early language fragments, experts, working like detectives, are able to make a strong case for knowing pretty well exactly what the original text of the Bible said. And based on that knowledge, we can be confident that our English language Bibles are reliable. The Bible is such a special book from God. He's its ultimate author, and it's his revelation to us which has been affirmed by lots of its predictions having been fulfilled with exact precision. So it's no doubt very special. But in the main, we're meant to read it like any other book, taking its words to have their normal meanings. And it's not written much like a textbook. For much of the time, God instructs us through narrating the life experiences of others. We begin to gain a clear sense of what God approves in their lives, which we can then begin to apply in our own life. 
There's no situation in life for which we can't find guidance, at least in principle, from this vast store of human encounters with God. As we read its pages regularly, we'll find our attention is often drawn to certain statements it makes, and we begin to sense their particular relevance to decisions that we have pending, as well as to other of life's experiences. So the greatest wonder of the Bible is that God speaks to us through its pages. Two of the earliest followers of Jesus said, in Luke chapter 24 and verse 32, Were not our hearts burning within us while he was speaking to us on the road, while he was explaining the scriptures to us? We too can have the same experience whenever we sit down with a mature Christian friend or with a reputable study book and after asking the Lord's help in prayer, we begin to enjoy a time of Bible study. Long ago, using the parts of the Bible available to him then, the psalmist said, I see wonderful things from your law. That reminds me of how, after 15 years of financing excavations in the Valley of the Kings, with scarcely anything to show for his expenditure, Lord Carnarvon began to wonder if it would all prove fruitless. But then came an excited telegram from Howard Carter telling him to come to Luxor immediately. On the 26th of November in 1922, Carter and Lord Carnarvon stood in front of the sealed door of Tutankhamun's tomb. Carter made a small hole in the door and then inserted a candle. Answering Carnarvon's anxious question, Can you see anything? Carter famously replied, Yes, wonderful things. And there are wonderful things to be discovered in the pages of the Bible. Things which will warm our hearts, feed our souls and draw us into close fellowship with the Lord. These blessings will be ours if we approach our reading prayerfully asking for the eyes of our heart to be opened in the Spirit's working. Let's not forget how valuable the Bible is, as is our daily reading of it. Dr. Lehman Strauss talked about having the words, the Word of God, stamped on the spine of his rebound Bible, as an ever-present, visible reminder that this was not just a book, but in reality, the Word of God. As such, it should have a unique place in all our lives. Thomas Aquinas is reputed to have used the Latin phrase hominem unius libri timio, meaning I fear the man of a single book. But Aquinas' phrase was consciously turned on its head by John Wesley, who said, He came from heaven, he hath written it down in a book. Oh, give me that book. At any price, give me the book of God. I have it. Here is knowledge enough for me. Let me be homo unius libri, or the man of one book. John Wesley was certainly captivated by the Bible, so much so that one historian wrote of him, from the unlikely soil of a grossly immoral, drink-sodden nation, of brutalised gamblers, on the verge of collapse into absolute infidelity, there sprang under God, and through Wesley, the Great Awakening, the evangelical revival of the 18th century, which doubtless spared England a revolution such as befell the French. Such was the impact, under God, of only one man captivated by the Bible. May we also be captivated by its pages. This is the formula for spiritual growth in the adventure of a Christian life recently begun. Like newborn babes, Peter says in First Peter 2 and 2, 
Long for the pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. Read a little each day, read systematically, and occasionally study Bible characters and topics. Vary your diet with all parts of the Bible. Read and grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord you follow. And as we read, the promise is you and I will become more like him, more like Christ. As it says in 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18, We all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit. Finally, perhaps today we could share some practicalities. Let's try to answer in a little more detail four basic questions that are often asked in connection with the reading of the Bible. Number one, why should we read? Well, for two reasons, basically. First, to gain knowledge. If you've accepted Jesus as Saviour, you'll want to know him better. You'll want to love him more deeply and follow him more closely. This should be the life goal of every Christian. And secondly, the reason why we should read our Bible is to grow, to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ. To become strong Christians, we need a daily intake of God's Word. Secondly, what should we read? Well, it's best to choose a version approved by other Christians and suited to our own reading level. And what about Bible helps? To help you to find a particular verse in the Bible, a concordance has an alphabetical arrangement of biblical words, while commentaries provide explanations of the text. It's useful to use such books for study, but we should try to avoid reading more about the Bible than the Bible itself. Because the Bible itself is your greatest treasure under God. Try to search elsewhere in the Bible for words you find in a particular verse. Computer Bible programs are readily available these days. Find one that makes clicking on a word and searching its other uses in the same book or the same author or a whole New Testament as easy as possible. It's amazing what light is shed upon verses of Scripture when other passages involving the same ideas are brought to bear on it. Thirdly, how should we read? Reading a short passage at least once a day is vital. Make it short enough so that you can remember some words or verses throughout the day. There are several Bible reading plans available which allow you to read the whole Bible in, say, one or three years. It's also a sensible practice to keep a fixed time reserved for a longer read. Some shorter books can be read in one sitting. The longer takes several stages. Bible books have a dominant message, and reading them in their entirety helps us to find that dominant message. On the way, we'll encounter memorable verses which will have their own impact upon us. Also, take time to dig deeper into the meanings of Bible words and the implications of the stories of the Bible. It's also good to explore the major themes of the Bible. Well, we've been thinking about why we should read, what we should read and how we should read. Lastly, when should we read? There'll always be something that puts us under pressure at any hour of the day. But if we miss our daily time with the Bible, it'll be at the expense of our own spiritual development. Try to make contact with God's Word in the morning if you can. Perhaps the short read that we were discussing earlier. 
Many get up early in the morning in order to read for a longer time and think it over, and they testify to the benefit of doing that. But in the evenings, the Bible can also have a cleansing effect as we review the day. It may be that an entire evening, or a large part of it, or even a weekend, can be occasionally devoted to the deeper study that we mentioned. There's real profit from the self-discipline of reading the Bible. But life can get so busy, and we'll need to each make a deliberate lifestyle choice, just as Mary of Bethany did, as we read of her in Luke's Gospel, chapter 10, and verse 39, where it says, Mary was seated at the Lord's feet, listening to his word. And the Lord affirmed her action by saying, Mary has chosen the good part. And from that, we can see how we too can know the Lord's approval in our lives. Light of the world, shine on our souls, thy grace And now just a reminder that if you'd like to receive one of the books for this series, please write in, making sure to let us have your postal address. Ask for the title Basic Bible Truths. You can order by email or by post, and here's our address details so you can make a note. Search for Truth, Hayes Press, The Barn, Flaxlands, Royal Wotton Bassett, Swindon, SN48DY. UK. Our email address is sft at churchesofgod.info. Now I'm sorry, but we've run out of time for today's programme. It's been great to have your company, and I hope you'll be able to join us again next week. But until then, very best wishes from Brian, David, our singers, and me, John. So goodbye, and may God richly bless you. Bless me, God.